0: Well, we have to lift our hand. <laughs> hands and thank God. Everybody reach out your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank- this is an impartation meeting. I, I, I said the other night in, in a house like this, you know, we could be here three nights and up. I never get to teach, preach, exhort, wouldn't make any difference because if you're from this house, you're well fed already. It's not like, it's not like, oh, we got to get some word in it these folks aren't going to get in. You know, you're already loaded. You're already loaded for bear. Hallelu- hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now. <coughs> I'm not one to, I'm not one to just, you know, necessarily just uh, uh, go th- through a service and, and give people a bunch of words and all that. In fact, technically, I kind of shy away from all that um, to the point that God's had to get on my case in the past a couple of times for disobeying him when he wants to do something. But, you know, uh, um, if I had, if I could do what I'd rather do, I'd be back in the closet somewhere. I'd just be praying. I'd rather be doing that than anything. You know, I love being out here. This is fun, but I'll tell you what, there's something about praying. I, ah, huh, uh, that's just a passion. But anyway, anyway, um, uh, I just, you know, again, just in, just standing up here, started, all these things got rolling on the inside and, and for this, this house. Now, if this is not your church, um, uh, then, you know, then you just take whatever you need for your church, wherever that is. And I'm sure you have one, um. And uh, if you don't, you need to be here. And uh, but um, I just I just kept getting this phrase: it's not it's not making a turn, but it's rounding a corner. It's not it's not like a a, a drastic turn, but you're you uh, you're at the beginning of rounding a corner. That's what I, I I have a sense that it's where it's it's almost so subtle sometimes you don't see it happening. Until you get part way around the turn, and all the scenery's different uh, and you see you, so it 's not a you know we, we like we like to plant our foot and pivot and go a different direction like you would on a basketball court you know just plant and pivot and then you go another direction but but sometimes you just need it to be a little bit slower because if you turn too fast, you throw some people overboard, uh-huh. but if you just kind of just make a nice gradual turn with the Holy Ghost instead of throwing people overboard, you pick people up that are standing on the roadside out there <laughs> so uh, and, and uh, um and I I kept getting this phrase. Um, you know, we've talked about this, about what we heard Dr. Somerall said, that you spend your first twenty learning, you spend your second twenty doing, and you spend your third twenty imparting. And uh I, I just I just I just am convinced that there's a realm of taking what God's put in you the last forty? Is that right? What he's put in you the last 40 years, now it's time, he'll, he's going to show you how to impart that. Not just teach it, not just preach it, although you'll be doing that, but there'll be a conscious imparting into people's lives. Not only here, but even in some other places as he deals with you to go. You're not just, you didn't just went, you were sent. Talked about that. But uh, hallelujah. But I kept but, but again, you know um, you know, when you get like us up you know, close to 40 years old <laughs> i've got deciding whether to use Paul's illustration or not Paul chase anybody know paul chase paul chase Paul's just the most amazing guy, but he's he comes up with these you know these. You can be seated if you want. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not even going to go there. Doesn't make any difference. But, but what I started to say was, you know, you, when, the further you go, when you start out at 20, you got, you got 65 years ahead of you. You know, and, and you just you just go for it, man. I mean, you know, you just get both barrels. You you know, you're running full speed all the time. You get about 20 years down the road, you begin to pace it a little bit better. You get 40 years down the road, you begin to use a little more wisdom in how you use your. You know, you, you know, your time's a little shorter than it was 40 years ago, so you use it use it wisely. You know, you want to be you always want to be in the right place at the right time. But the further you go, the more you want to be in the right place at the right time because it's vital. Um, because you got forty years of ex, uh, of stuff that's been deposited in your life, you know, make sure you get to the right place to be able to unload some of that. Yeah. But anyway, all that say this that that uh, I just I got the phrase out of the hundred and third psalm where the psalmist said, You're, "So that your youth is renewed like the eagle," right. and that's what I just I don't know anything more than that. But I just got that verse out of the hundred and third psalm uh, for your pastors that that. Uh, they 're plenty energetic we 've been around them for the last four days, and they 're plenty energetic that 's en- anyway energetic but, um, but at the same time, at the same time, to finish the course we 've all got ahead of us, sometimes you need your, new, your youth renewed like the eagle yeah. and, uh, and I, just, I just got that phrase in fact i 'd stop think where well, i couldn 't think where it was. I had to go look it up. your youth renewed like the eagles, and I believe you 're going to see a, a holy ghost renewing. Renewing in your strength and, and vitality and unction and energy and you know um, uh, and you know it's, it's, uh, it ought to be common for for staff and church people to come up and say, "What supplements do you take?" How do you do that Because people half their age won 't be able to keep up with them, and so anyway, glory to God well we ought to lift our hands and thank God. <laughs> youth renewed like eagles run and not be worried walk and not faint hallelujah glory to God 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 God. God. hallelujah hallelujah glory Glory to God thank you father (laughs) hallelujah Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I think, you got anything, Pastor. You got anything? Pastor Brenda, got anything? Maybe you got anything? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's lift our hands and just pray, pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Yeah, it's a Mondongrace is dal ve dobro e kanan sanskeleri per boskenista. In the Donsatsiskalista land, and the Dombrig and Sangres is <laughs> sobri verso. I know come no steka. I know come no, I know mono CD disteka. I I I don't know what a summer a summer the de Bravescalita is gizbangaliz is a skanvir Oh, I is there some honesty in God? Oh, in a new gadista, kalamandikadista, <laughs> kalazandikistika. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got that. I know most I. got the Dusha two Yeah, in know new of a Uh-huh. I am a customer. I am a Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, we may get back around to this in a few minutes. That's all, uh, that's all I got for right now. We'll see if it swings back around. Hallelujah! We may just end up before we finish. We may just end up laying hands. Anybody else need healing in your body? Just wave your hand at me. Nobody? Oh, a couple more. All right. Anybody else? Just wave your hand at me. And over there. All right. Okay. All right. Well, just hold steady. We'll see where we go. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm going to just share a few things here, um, on uh, on the basis of you know this is this is in rightfully so this is uh on uh, this is a meeting on impartations and uh i think we're just coming into a a dimension in the in the body of christ where where god's gonna there's a a lot of stuff that's it's it's all got to be taught nothing replaces the word but there's a lot of stuff i believe that can be caught Mm -hmm. and and i believe sometimes we can hear it and hear and hear and hear and then one dose of the holy ghost and it becomes clearer clearer and clearer and clearer and but anyway, just um, um, I was just I got an insight into something just earlier this afternoon, back in in uh, the Book of Romans, where we kind of started out Wednesday Wednesday night, where Paul wrote to the Romans. And, and uh, in fact, take a look at that Romans chapter one, and uh, he makes this statement. He says, "To all that be in Rome, verse seven, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints." Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we go over, of course, to, to uh, um, verse 10. Make a request now, if by any means not length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. Well, you know, I, I've kind of... To me, I've had the impression of that being on an individual basis. I long to see you. I, I'm, I'm writing to this, this to the saints that are at Rome, believers. And I, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. And in my mind, that's Paul saying, I want to get to the church because I want to be able to let God pass on the Holy Ghost impartations, you know, to the believers in Rome. But you something about that? I don't know how big the church was in Rome, but what if it was like ten thousand people? He's gonna have, it's gonna take him a long time to to minister to everybody in there. Yeah. And I thought, maybe what he's saying, maybe I've been looking at this as an individual basis, and maybe Paul's looking at this as a corporate basis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's looking more at corporate impartations. Yeah. Maybe he's looking at something not just for a group of people in a Bible study, but an impartation would come on a church or even maybe on a city. Good. Yeah. Okay? And I say that because, looking back through, if you go to the 17th chapter of the book of Acts, you see where Paul um, uh, went to Athens, okay? And uh, he was in Athens, and and, uh, Janet and I have been there a number of times, and, and, and I see what he was looking at. You know, of course, that was a couple thousand years ago. So all these temples to these, all these different gods. Athens is a city of many, many, many gods, multiple gods, and they got all these temples around there. Of course, 2,000 years ago, they probably were in pretty good shape. Now they're just all in ruins. And, um, and, and there are so many gods, they finally built a temple to one, to just in case we forgot one, there's the temple to the unknown god. Right. And of course, Paul, he went to use it Mars Hill. And you can stand on Mars Hill and you can look out over the city and you can see all these temples that are in ruins. And, and uh, there, there are some good things going in the city. I I don't mean, I don't mean to... Uh, speak disparagingly of the city of Athens, but at the same time, Athens needs, they majorly need a move of God. Uh, We were in Athens a year ago, something like that. I don't remember when it was, but we were in Athens and and, uh, uh, we'd gone in there. We were in just for two and a half days and and God dealt with us to go into Athens. And and, um, we were right out near our hotel and we were in the major part of the city there, kind of the main city square. And I turned to Janet and I said, you know, I said, from the feel of the city right now, I know there are good things. So don't don't misunderstand me. But overall, the size of the city, I said, you know, if the rapture took place right now, I'm not real sure the city'd even know it. Right. Yeah. They'd just find two piles of clothes laying here in the street, and we'd fly away. Oh glory! Yeah. And and I said, you know, that because there's there's so much there's so much. So much. There used to be a city of many gods, now to a lot of degrees it's the city of almost no real godliness, God consciousness. And, and I say that just on the basis of it ain't going to stay that way long. Amen. God's in the process of doing something in that city. But anyway, Paul went in there and he was up on Mars Hill, it's up, in, you know, it's up on kind of a hill up there, and, and he looks out and he sees this and he preaches this message about the unknown God. I mean, it was a masterpiece, it was a great message. But I got to notice it in there. When he got done preaching this message about the unknown God, uh, all these, uh, these uh, highly educated... I mean, this is, this is where philosophy and all these things originated. And so he's dealing with different mentalities over there than he did in other places. And when he got done, the, these people that were spiritually, in their minds, spiritually educated... They said, well, you know, who, this is, who's this babbler? Who does he think he is? And maybe maybe we'll come back and hear him another time. I don't know. You know, he's got this goofiness about a resurrection or something. And So you've got all these people that are listening to him, and they're going, well, it's you know, whatever. And then that's the 17th chapter of the book of Acts. You get to the 18th chapter of the book of Acts, and he left Athens, and he went from Athens to Corinth. That's his next stop. Okay, so when he gets to Corinth... Uh, I've read this for years and I keep looking at this and looking at this and when he gets to Corinth he starts preaching in Corinth and when he gets to the Corinthians he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 he says uh, and I brethren when I came to you Came not with excellency of speech, first Corinthians chapter two, verse one. And I, brethren, when I came to you, there it is, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know any I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching he doesn't stop there. He, just, he didn't say, I was teaching and preaching. He said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was with. 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 I was teaching and preaching in Athens and nothing happened. I'm teaching and preaching in Corinth and I'm planting a church. Yeah. What was the difference between when he did plant a church and didn't plant a church? What was the difference? Why did he not plant one in Athens and he did plant one in Corinth? Because when he got done in Athens, he preached this amazing message about the unknown God. It was a good message. I don't mean to be, you know, I don't want to, I don't want him to find me on the other side and go, you really, you really talk bad about me there in California. Um, But when he left Athens and he went to Corinth, I think he had one of those, you know, um, uh, the light bulbs came on and I think he said, I preached a great message, but I didn't change anything. When I get to Corinth, I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I'll be with you in weakness and in fear. I'm not coming with, I'm not going to pontificate. I'm not going to come and tell you how great I am. I, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I know more than anybody knows. I'm highly educated. If anybody can preach a, a stem winder of a message, it's the Apostle Paul. If anybody could preach, I mean, pre, you know, preach the paint off the walls, it was the Apostle Paul. Okay. And he just did this great message in Athens, but nothing really lasted there that we can see when he gets to Corinth. He comes in, he says, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. It was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching. Now, I'm heading somewhere with this. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He could have done that. He could have arm twisted them. He could have given themselves. He could have begged them. He could have just, you know, he could have done a whole lot of gimmicks and all these other things. He said it was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came with one thing, demonstration of the spirit and power. So your faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. When I leave here, I don't want you to have to say, we got trouble, let's go find the Apostle Paul. When I leave Corinth, I want you to be able to say, let's go to the King of Kings, let's go to the throne of God and get help. So your faith won't be in the wisdom of men, but it'll be in the power of God. And I mean, the Corinthian church, they were the most carnal church he ever pioneered. They had their issues, but at the same time, he said, I thank God you come behind a no good gift. It was, not, it was, it was probably the most carnal church, but it was the most spiritually active church of any church he pioneered. Mm-hmm. He had to take a whole section of the 1 Corinthians, you know, we know it as 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, and teach them about spiritual gifts, because they had so many gifts in operation, it was just chaos, so he had to straighten it out. Yeah. So if you look at that, so what, what, but what are we saying? When Paul went to Athens... He didn't leave a church behind when he went to Corinth. He did leave a church behind. To me, the difference was whether he went with enticing words of man's wisdom and a great message, or whether he went in and and let the Holy Ghost demonstrate. Let the Holy Ghost show off demonstration. Um, That being the case, now I like what and, and the reason I'm landing on this is because if you notice, he said, "And I determined, I decided." I made a conclusion not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He made a decision when he left Athens and went to Corinth. This is just me basically taking a good shot at what I believe maybe happened. When he left Athens and went to Corinth, it looks to me like when he left, he made a decision. Things are going to be different from here on. I'm not just going to preach a good message to him. I'm going to back up and let the Holy Ghost demonstrate. Okay. and he must have demonstrated because when Paul left that church had tongues they had tongues going so much and interpretation and they had the prophets ministries and they had prophecy they had so many things in operation Paul had to write two letters to them to keep it straightened out so they must have seen something in operation in Corinth that they didn't see in Athens what happened? Paul made a decision and I believe we're at the place again I want to just land on this for a few minutes <laughs> um, I believe we're back at the same place again in looking back through, just back through the last hundred years, all right, just going back through the last hundred years, um, every, every every major move of God we've had, God started it out with demonstrations. Demonstrations of the Holy Ghost, okay? That's how God got things moving. He went from demonstrations to manifestations. Amen. From demonstrations to operations, from demonstrations to signs, wonders, and miracles. But God would always kick things off with demonstrations. And every move of God, every major move of God we've had in the world, but let's just bring it back a little closer to home, every major move of God we've had in America in the last hundred years, there's been demonstrations. Or one translation said, showings off of the Holy Ghost. My best illustration. (laughs) I, I like cars, okay? I like cars, you know. I, I believe there's an autobahn in heaven. <laughs> I've been on the autobahn; it's like being halfway to heaven. Uh, but um, I, I, you know, so I like cars. And, and there's a, there's a, a, a man in our church. He actually just moved this week, I think, to another to another state. But he worked in a particular dealership that handled a lot of uh, sports car kind of cars. And so he called me up and said, Pastor, uh, we're having a showing, a viewing of a new particular car and the new model of it, and, and uh, it's, it's, you know, people come by invitation, thought you might like to come. I said, sign me up. When is it? And he said, such and such a day on a Saturday morning. I said, well, you know, I usually spend Saturdays, you know, taking time to get ready for Sunday service, but I think God will give me a break. I'll take a few hours, and I'm going to go, and... So I was going to go look at these cars, you know, and uh, just drool a little bit. And, and uh, if, I, if I allowed myself to have a weakness, I would make it cars. And uh, But anyway, so I went in and, and uh, I get in there and he introduces me to, he's, he worked in the finance department, but he was he introduced me to one of the a young salesmen and uh, said, this is so-and-so. He introduced me and, and uh, uh, the salesman said, come on, let's go. So I went with him. We went out in the parking lot, gotten a brand new model of this car. And he's got the keys in his hand. I started to head for the driver to the passenger side. He said, Oh no, you're driving. I said, Oh really? Okay. <laughs> so he threw me the keys, we got in, and we headed for, you know, the on ramp to the highway. And um we start to get on the on-ramp, and he said, Just kick it down. You're not going to scare me. And I thought, No, nope, but I might scare me. I haven't driven like this in a long time. And, and let's just say, I, 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 got, I got to not only look at the car, but I got a demonstration. I could read all the articles about it and think, That's going to be a great car. But when I got behind the wheel, I got a demonstration. And we got a ride. Now, you can't inform me, you. you get a ticket, you pay it. But anyway... Um, but I mean, I got to get in that thing, and, and let's just say it was it was pretty fast and quick and all that. So anyway, so I went back and dropped it off and said, uh, "Signed up for two of them." But no, not, not really, <laughs> not really. But anyway, but demonstration is when you not, you don't just hear about it, but you watch it in operation, and I and you go back through, and and I mean, you, you just go back through, starting a hundred years ago, going back to. A little over 100 years ago with the, uh, the, the Azusa Street Revival, the Pentecostal outpouring. That was loaded with manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Okay? I mean, I've read books about uh, uh, Brother Seymour and, and the, the revival in Azusa Street. And, and, and they talk about when uh, uh, the kids, the glory of God would come in like a cloud. It was so yeah. thick. It was so thick the kids would bring glass jars with them and crawl under the chairs to try to get some in the jar, see if they could take it home. The kids knew when that glory showed up, anything's possible. They'd have a section where people in wheelchairs in the back, when the glory showed up, the kids would go back and grab people by the hands and pull them out of wheelchairs the glory of God would be so thick that people, the fire engine would come on a pretty consistent basis because they'd see fire going from the church up and then they'd see fire coming from heaven down and it'd meet in the middle and they'd people would call the fire department because the whole building would be on fire and the fire trucks would come racing up there and the fire would go out because it wasn't quite the same kind of fire. And then, you know, later on, um, Southwestern, where both of you went. Uh, we had a friend that went to Southwestern Assembly of God School there in Waxahachie, Texas. And he went one time and found a, if I understood it right, found a, uh, a lady that was way up in years. And she'd been around in the early days of that school. And uh, he said, well, tell me what it was like. And boy, he just pushed the right button. She said, oh, she said, power God had hit our school. She said, it was not uncommon for the fire trucks to come racing down the road to put out the fires on the buildings. And said, then, then said that we'd have all the students in the classes. The power of God would fall in the classrooms. And students would start falling out of their chairs under the power of God. Teachers would fall out. Students would fall out. Just in the middle of classes in a Bible school. (laughs) Hallelujah. And said, pretty soon they'd all get up. You know, it was time for the next class to come in. And they'd head across the campus, I guess. And said, power God had hit some of them again. And they'd fall out under the power of God walking across the campus for the next class. And this little old lady said, we had to keep white bedsheets handy because they'd fall out. And they didn't get up in two or three minutes. Sometimes they'd be out for two or three days. And we had to cover them with bedsheets so we didn't lose them. Or run over them with a lawnmower or something, you know. And so... And she said when they finally would get up, they would have had a vision of a nation. And they'd finish school and they'd pack up and go to the nation and do a move of God, take a move of God to a nation. And said, we'd have people, you know, and, and playing baseball. Somebody'd fall and break a bone. Even had a bone actually one time come right out through the skin bone broke and splintered and came out and said we didn't have hospitalization didn't have doctors to go to all we, all we could trust was the power of God so if somebody would get hurt we'd just go lay hands on them said that bone would slide back in the skin would heal up and we'd finish the game oh, now, now, there was, but there were, th- these early pioneers grew up with demonstrations of the Holy Ghost so their faith wouldn't be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God so fast forward a little bit let's go a little, a little forward and so you go, uh, that's that's the Pentecostal outpouring. Then you get to the healing revival, 1947, 1958. You get these wild, crazy frontier healing evangelists. No background, no Bible school. no. I mean, just didn't know much of anything, but the hand of God came on them. Yeah. And they just kind of came out of nowhere. They're like pulling David out of the tin and sheep to bring him to the front lines. And so um, I was... Uh, I was talking to a man just oh probably a year, year and a half ago now, that his dad was in the middle of that, the healing revival. He said, Oh yeah, he said we used to, he said we, we did we he said we were in Tulsa so much I thought we lived there. He said we had we had my dad had Holy Ghost healing revivals in Tulsa. He said, they used to have, they used to have meetings in Tulsa that last so long that they'd take all the medical paraphernalia, they'd pile it on trucks, and the trucks would go down the main street of Tulsa. A whole line of trucks filled with medical paraphernalia, with stretchers and crutches and braces and all this. And, and he said, it was, just, it was common in Tulsa. And he said, before my dad left, he said he prophesied and said it'll come back, and he named three cities, one of them being Tulsa. A move of God will come back like this to the city of Tulsa. I said, I believe every word of it. <laughs> But anyway, we got talking. There's a whole long story behind it. I haven't got time to get into that. But but, um, anyway, this guy's probably, I'd say probably late 70s now, something like that. But during the healing revival, 1947, 1958, he said, said, I saw things. You can't name a miracle I didn't see. Janet's uh, uncle was in a meeting in Baton Rouge and uh, Jackson, no, gail jackson was doing a meeting in a what a tent was it and her uncle was there for and it went for seven weeks and her daddy in fact he was the platform man for gail jackson did the song leading and her uncle was in the meetings and said um he told janet he said you name any miracle we saw it he said the meeting went seven weeks and we saw how many people Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people saved. They started a church out of it. Thousands of people saved. And said that, you name any miracle, we saw it. Blind eyes, deaf ears, lame walking, people coming off stretchers, people coming out of wheelchair. I mean, just every, any kind of miracle. Said in seven weeks' time, we saw every miracle you could think of down there. Well, this guy's telling me that he says, you know, he said, uh, he said there was a particular well-known evangelist, healing evangelist in that at that time. And said he... Uh, <laughs> he's pretty, he's well known, he's a great big guy, and he's known for being pretty gruff. And uh, But they, they, they had a church in this one particular area, and uh, they said uh, um, they had, they had a, a Christian school. He said, my dad was traveling with this guy, doing meetings with him, and he said, I was in the school, I was in the Christian school, I was just a kid, I, maybe 13 years old or whatever. And he said, uh, um, one day, he said, the principal of the school came and Came in school and pointed me out and said, said, uh, you know, uh, uh, brother so-and-so wants to see you, the, the minister. He said, so I left. Went out there, went into his office. He says, great big guy sitting behind his desk. He said, I sat down. He said, you have to understand. He said, I'd taken piano lessons a couple times. And he said, they had, my parents had somebody giving me piano lessons. And after about three of them, he said, the piano instructor took the book, threw it back at me and said, get out of here. You're never going to play anything but the radio. You do not have an ounce of musical ability. You can't play anything. You, you don't waste your time or your money. You are never going to play the keyboard. You can't play anything. <laughs> so, So... He said, so I gave up on that. And he says, but this man, I went into his office, I sat down, and he said, he looked across the desk at me. He said, great big guy. He looked across the desk and he said, I'm going on the road. He said, and my church, key, my church uh, keyboard player's got to go with me. I, I need a new keyboard player for my, for my church, and that's going to be you. He said, I don't play the keyboard. He said, You don't? He said, No, sir, I don't play the keyboard. He said, He got up, walked around his desk, took my little hands in his hands. He said, God, give this man a gift, help him to play. He said, I went home, told my mom and dad, said, he said, I need to play the keyboard. They said, you can't play the keyboard. We've already tried that. He said, but he said, I need to. And he said, so they got me this little ratty little keyboard to play, you know, kind of pound on a little bit. And he said, uh, we went to one of his meetings. This is in the healing revival. Went to one of his meetings, demonstrations, demonstrations. He went to one of his meetings and he said, I'm in the meeting. Just a kid. And he said, I saw this man. He's preaching. He goes, there's a, there, there's a lady on the front row that has this giant goiter on the side of her neck. He said he pulled her up out of her chair, stood right there. He didn't lay hands on her and curse or anything. He just reached out grabbed that goiter and yanked it and pulled it off of her face, off of her neck. And when he did, there was a brand new baby-like skin right underneath it. He said he pulled that thing off and this brand new skin right underneath it. And then he went a little further down the road. He said there was a man down there that was bowed over together like that woman in Luke 13. Yeah. Couldn't raise himself up. I mean, arthritic condition. He couldn't stand up straight. He couldn't live in horrible pain. So this fellow pulled him out from the front row. Turned him around. <laughs> now, don't you do this. Turned him around. Grabbed him by the shoulders. Put his knee into his back. And yanked like that. And you said you could hear that guy scream all over the tent just heard I thought oh dear God he's killed him but he said all of a sudden he stood up like that when he got done screaming he looked at his back was just as straight as anybody else took off running perfectly healed and he said I sat there and I thought alright if God could heal that woman with the goiter and if God could heal that man with the arthritis God can teach me to play the piano long story short I've mentioned his name to a lot of people over the past couple of years since I met him. And everybody I've talked to said, oh, we know him. He's played Madison Square Gardens with Evan- Healing evangelists during the Healing Revival. He's played for Catherine Kuhlman. He played for Oral Roberts. Yeah. He played the organ. He he played for John Osteen. He's, he played the organ on John, John Osteen's platform for years. Said everybody knows who he is. Said he's... he, he Within, within three months' time, he was playing Madison Square Gardens for this preacher to do a healing, a, a healing outreach. Went from, you can't play anything but the radio... But because of one, two demonstrations, he said, if God can do that for those two people, he can teach me to play the keyboard. He went and started banging on the keyboard. And before long, he got a B3 organ. And before long, he's playing all over the nation. People still know him. I talked to a friend of mine in Louisiana the other day. He said, oh, yeah. I said, I've known him for years. He said, he plays. He's played keyboard for everybody that's anybody. I thought, isn't that amazing? So fast forward a little bit. Let's come a little later. Hallelujah. Demonstrations. Demonstrations. And I'm heading for a point here. Demonstrations. I, I remember, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I got, I gave my life to Jesus, in 1972, and uh, man, I got real hungry. And uh, you know, I went to, I went to a, a meeting, Word of God Community, and uh, University of Michigan. It was in the basketball arena, filled with Catholics. People were, where I was going to church said, "Don't go there. It can't be God because it's with the Catholics, and God can't <laughs> bless the Catholics." <laughs> And I said, well, don't tell a brand new Christian not to go somewhere. So I drove over there and I went in and I went in. There's probably three to five thousand priests, nuns, Catholics, hands raised, dancing in the Holy Ghost, singing in the spirit, singing in tongues. Just this amazing work, every Once a week, every Thursday night for who knows how long. And I, God, gave, God demonstrated because I, mm, I was deciding about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because I was raised where we didn't believe in that. And, and I was making a decision. When I saw that, it was a demonstration for me. So I go to another meeting. I, and then the healing is a big question. I don't know about this healing stuff. Ah, but I heard of a group called the Full Gospel Businessmen. And I thought, well, if they're full gospel, that must mean they have healings everywhere. So I went to one of their meetings. I went to the service. It was in a tent outside the Hilton Hotel in Troy, Michigan. Right outside the Hilton Hotel. Uh, right outside Detroit and I I went in there I was in a tent I went in there full gospel businessman fella got up there businessman slash preacher he kind of did both and uh, he gets up there and he says mama come up here there's a lady on the front row said bring your boy with you there's a little guy maybe five six years old got braces on both legs never taken a step in his life got braces on both legs she brings her son brings him up there and he says isn't that his pediatrician right next to you he said yeah have him come up here Bring, bring the doctor up. Okay, now I'm out here. I'm watching. I'm thinking, I don't know about all this healing business. I don't know for sure. So I look up there. and he says, he says, Mama, take those braces off that boy's legs. Took the braces all off. Never taken a step in his life. I'd say maybe five, maybe six years old. Took the braces off. He says, now in the name of Jesus, take off walking. That little guy, took. It. he rocked a little bit, took off for long. He's, t- he's, he's kind of teetering around a little bit. And then he's walking and then he's running. He went from not ever walking to running back and forth cross-platform. And I thought, that's the God I'm looking for right there. That is the God. I mean, I, that's the God. God demonstrated. God opened. You would never, after that, you could never tell me God's not a healing God. I had people try to talk me out of it, reason me out of it, try to use scriptures. No, you couldn't talk me out of it. I've been there. I've seen it. Thank you. Hallelujah. Demonstrations of angels. We're going to see a lot of that. I've had that stirring all day long. We've got, we're, we're going to see demonstrations of angels. Now, you might never see one. It doesn't make any difference if you see them or not. But I'm telling you, God's going to demonstrate the ministry of angels. As long as we don't put them above Jesus, we'll be okay. Yeah put it let it let them stay in their particular place but we we're in a meeting in in munich germany with another minister he's ministering in this church one night and, and all of a sudden this fellow comes bowed over comes bow, all bent over he comes scooting up the middle aisle during service i mean just interrupting the service okay he comes comes scooting up the aisle this fellow's on the platform it was it was a low ceiling so the platform was about as high as the first step over here He's on the platform. This guy comes, kneels down at the platform, starts to put his hand on this guy's feet, and he says, "Don't put your hands on my feet. I'm not the Jesus is the healer. I'm not." And he kind of backed up, and the guy he backed up, and he's he's bowed over. He's trying to look up. He can't see anything. And all of a sudden, I mean, Janet and I are in the front row, right over here. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, this guy he's bowed over like this. Found out later, he'd been in Hitler's army. Taken prisoner by the Soviets and put into a, a prisoner war camp in Siberia during World War II. And his place was to haul wood to all the other barracks there for the other guys to be able to have heat. And so he spent, he spent his, the time in the war carrying wood. By the time the war was over, his back was arthritis had set in and he couldn't straighten up. So for like 40 years. For forty years he'd not been able to stand up straight. He's just he's just bent over and he's looking up like this, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden. Man, I can close my eyes and still see it. All of a sudden, he's starting to do this. And he's straightening up. And he's getting straighter and straighter and straighter. And the straighter he gets, the bigger his eyes get. Until he's just totally I mean, he not only straightened out, but all of a sudden he comes up on his tiptoes. I thought something he's go going, he's gonna go airborne. I mean, he's coming right off the floor. And the other preacher says, look at that, look at that guy that's ministering. He said, look at that, look at that, look at that. And I thought, I'm looking, I'm looking. (laughs) He said, there's an angel, got him by the shoulders, just straightening his back out. Angels got him by the shoulders. And I tell you, he turned around and he walked out just as straight as you and me. Perfectly straight, bowed over for 40 years, and he gets an instant miracle. But God did it through the avenue of an angel. Well, I would tell you all kinds of stories of things we've seen like that. So we're living in a day when you don't want to throw things out because you don't understand. Search the scriptures to see if these things are so. And you'll see the power of God will be made manifest. Gifts of the Spirit will operate. Great faith shall be exercised and healings shall be done. Angels shall be ministering. And in the days to come, there will be a mighty race that shall be run. Yes, the body of Christ in America has not yet seen their best days. We're about to see the Holy Ghost move in some very, very, very powerful, unusual ways. So rejoice and be glad. We're stepping into our best days. Hallelujah. (coughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, we could just go on and on like this and talk about different manifestations and God demonstrating things. Okay, God doesn't mind it if we have little trouble swallowing some things if, he does, if we don't give Him the chance to demonstrate these things. And part I wanted to get to was, Paul, it was a decision. It was a decision. I determined. And I believe God's looking for churches that'll make a decision. We're, we're, we're just trusting God to demonstrate. We're trusting God. I don't think your pastors would mind if the Holy Ghost fell and interrupted any of their messages. I love it when God does that. I love it. We had a service. We were talking about it yesterday. We had a service a few years back. There was a young lady from our church that was in a very, very, we found out later, very dangerous place in another nation on the mission field all by herself. And we always told her, if you need any help, you just call on, you just call on God to alert us and we'll hold the ropes for you. We're in the middle of a Sunday morning service in the middle of a service. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost alerted us. We stopped service, said, we got to pray for it. And called her name. Got to pray for her. Something's going on. We stopped the whole church. Prayed for her, Got done. Went back to the service. Got word a couple days later. She was in a very, very, very dangerous situation. Could have cost her life. And she, she said all she, all she could do was say, God, ropes. Ropes. I need somebody to hold the ropes for me. And God stopped the service. And we told the church later on, she's alive and well today because y'all took time to pray. Demonstrations. I believe God wants to, I believe he's wanting demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. We have a choice. We can either have a dead, dry, dull future, or we can have a future lined with demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. And here's what I want to finish this with. We've had, demonstrations. we've had demonstrations in the healing revival. We had demonstrations in the Azusa revival. We've had demonstrations in the charismatic renewal. We've had demonstrations in the word of faith teaching revival. We've had this. But all of a sudden, here we are. We're at a place now where we've got about two generations. We've got millennials. We've got Generation Z we got two generations coming up, and for one reason or another, there's an awful lot of them, they're hungry, they love God, they're looking for something real, but they've not had the opportunity to have God demonstrating for them like He did for a lot of us. And I believe God, I believe God's wanting some folks to pull on the Holy Ghost and say, all right, we got two generations coming up and they are so hungry. They're so hungry for the real thing. And God wants to demonstrate for them. He's looking for somebody that will pray for this. God, demonstrate for the millennials. God, demonstrate for Generation Z. We're, not, we're, we're suffering the results of Madeline Murray O'Hare. We're suffering the results of taking God and prayer out of schools. We're, we're at that place now. So what we need is God to come in and invade some places. And God to just, I'm telling you, God just to demonstrate for some of these young people. Angels to show up. We've had, we've had angels taking care of us all over the world. They need angels to show up when they're in trouble. They need God. They need, they need to see God heal bodies. They need to see people that are messed up on drugs get instantly delivered. They they need to see they need to see people that are all bound up with all kinds of stuff get set free by the power of God. They need, they need to see divine protection. They need to see divine provision. They need to see divine intervention. They need to see that. And God's looking for somebody that'll say, That's us. We're going to pray for it. We're going to pray for it. Number one, we need to have a house where that can flow. And get so used to it that we'll take it out and it'll operate through us anywhere we go. This does not need to stay in the four walls of a church, but it ought to be in here. Demonstrate it for us so we can take it out and manifest it out in the streets. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Praise God. Well, let's lift our voice and ask Him for that. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Dear Lord, we ask you. We ask you, you. Paul said, he said, we have to have demonstration of the Spirit and power. So our faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Lord, we're asking for these upcoming generations. Manifest yourself. Send your glory. Pour out your Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Holy Ghost, operations of the Spirit. Thank you for it, dear Father. Manifest yourself. We pray for demonstrations of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Heal bodies. Set minds right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bring some bring some Davids out there that have been tending sheep out there. Bring them to the front lines to take on Goliath. Find some Moses out there. That are ten and sheep, thought they missed it, never would be able to finish their course. Bring some Moses out from the back side of the desert to come to the front lines and lead your people into freedom and liberty. Raise up leaders. Lord, we've had we've had a great generation of voices. We had we had Dr. Summerall and Brother Hagan and Oral Roberts and John Osteen and T.L. Osborne. Lord, we had uh, Amy Semple McPherson, Marie Woodworth-Edder. Lord, we've had so many of these voices. But they're all gone. God, we're asking you, raise up some voices. Raise up some voices. Raise up voices. Raise up voices in our day, in our time. Raise up voices. Raise up voices that people will listen to. Raise up voices that have a bold operation of the Spirit of God. Raise up voices. People that can be used like, as a rudder like Brother Hagin. People that will people that'll preach the gospel like Teal Osborne. People that will pastor churches like John Osteen to raise five and a half million dollars a year for missions. God, raise up these voices in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Put your spirit on them where folks will listen. Not be able to resist the wisdom by which they speak. Mm. Hallelujah. Whoa, there's a good presence in here right now. I was going to have a healing line, but I tell you what, I'm not going to. Number of people raised your hand, said you need healing. Sometimes the laying on of hands, don't misunderstand me here, but sometimes put, laying on of hands almost pulls it to a lower place. Sometimes you want to stay up here where it's, where it's you get it by the presence of God. And I, and I believe that's where we're at right now. If you need healing in your body, just put your hand on yourself. There you go. If you can put it, if, if you have to put your hand on your stomach, on your shoulder, on your neck, on your head, on your foot, on your knee... So put your hand on yourself. Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, we thank you. In your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you, dear Father. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we've got to get used to this. Got to get used to this because the crowds are going to grow. Crowds are going to grow. It'll get to where it's impossible to lay hands on that many folks. We're going to have to be able to take it corporately. I believe that's what Paul was talking to. When he wrote to the church at Corinth, he was talking about corporate manifestations, corporate impartations. So, Father, we take an impartation of healing into our bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, from the tops of our heads to the soles of our feet, nerves, muscles, tissues, organs, systems, hallelujah, sight, sound, digestive circulatory, nervous system, skeletal system, muscular system, every system in the body from the top of our heads to the very soles of our feet. We receive our healing now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for imparting. Stretch forth your hand to heal in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, let's give him a shout of thanks.